right now, if you own growth, stonks, growth, crypto, growth, anything really, it's pretty, pretty tough, pretty tough week. But uh, I'm reminded of a little company called Amazon. And if you had held that stock at any point in, oh, the last couple decades, let's just pick a point in time, the early 2000s, 2005, 2009, 13, heck, even 2015, 2017, you would have lived through a soul-crushing amount of volatility, all the while the only person in the world who knew that it wasn't just a book company was Jeff Bezos, and he held it the entire time, and among many other bets, it turned out to be the home run of these early 2000s. Let's hope that's the case here. Who knows? Certainly not me or my brethren on this podcast. But we discuss it, all that, and more, as ever. We are not professionals. This is not investment advice. Please don't listen to us. Please do enjoy Degenerate Business School. So I just did an abbreviated real yield, our favorite show. Mm. Like I didn't. I missed uh, it. it was uh, it was actually kind of good. Line, uh, James, I need you. I need mm. you because we're risk off. We meaning the markets heavily risk off. Mm. On the one hand, would you say if you look at uh, the Nasdaq, let's say. We are actually just pulling back to the 100-day moving average. One of the charts. It's the second chart. And the NASDAQ had gotten really overbought coming out of, say, early October. Now it's like oscillating back to being oversold. A lot of it was the price action in Tesla and the like. Mm-hmm. So what you see there is actually like a predictable, I'll say, oscillation within this like this trade pattern of volatility that the Nasdaq sees, and it's like we're in this channel of there's always a Nasdaq-led sell-off and then a Nasdaq-led rally, and then on the uh, otherwise there's sector rotation. And right now, my friend, <laughs> the apple of our eye, Kathy, dear Kathy. Yeah. And her vision, specifically for genomics, uh, is, fa- is falling apart. It's falling apart a little bit. But mm-hmm. here's where, here's where I, I'm, I'm becoming philosophical. I'm trying to, be, trying to be zen about it. All of these big ideas, let's say, about like where you want to be early. She, Kathy always said genomics are 
the next Fang stocks. Whether she's right about that or not, we don't know. You and I liked it because it sounded right. I love the movie Gattaca. You said you're going to watch the movie Gattaca again so you don't panic sell. <laughs> but that anything like this, let's just say like uh, crypto was one of these big ideas of uh, an exponential age stock with network effects. 20 years ago, that was the current fangs. Yep. Famously, when people talk about Bitcoin and its volatility and its, its price action, that a 50-80% pullback is pretty typical. And in the early days of Amazon, soul-crushing volatility of a similar magnitude was always going on. And it, if it was 2003 and your Amazon stock was down 80%, if you had the conviction of jeff bezos and just held it you know it was like the bet of the last two decades or one of them so part of me thinks that and i'm like yeah this is never supposed to be a linear trend i still think like genomics could be the future but again it'll be like dog shit until it becomes something yeah there needs to be a breakthrough i mean i thought that it was because after the the mRNA vaccines come out and there's doing all this genetic, and it's not directly DNA, but it's you know kind of in the same vein. You're using sort of you know machine learning to to you know map the genome. Right. I thought that 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 all that conversation we'd be in 21, 22 to and it would it would just take off. And I guess you know that was the thinking too, but it just hasn't. And these companies are still not making any money. And there hasn't really been like a breakthrough type of, well, there actually has been, there has been actually a couple of breakthrough type of. But it's uh, still, it's still in the realm of the experimental, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. And it's, it's all just kind of getting crushed because of the, uh, I think it's the, the, the funds over sell off, right? The party's over, right? Where um, with, and this is a whole nother issue, but the, um, you know, with, with quantitative tightening and, and the Fed having to eventually reduce its balance sheet, that this might be the day of reckoning today, at least for that, because the jobs report is so good. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, this, is where, this is where I need you, oh, <laughs> oh wise professor adjunctus. So what, what we can circle back to genomics being an expression of what you're talking about, <laughs> the party is over. What, what do you think is, is happening in terms of like, what is the market really saying about, what is it panicking about? Or why, why is it selling off in, the, in, in terms of the Fed and the macro context? Yeah, I mean, I think um, really it's, it's that the labor report that came out had a big decrease in unemployment. I think we're down to 4.2%. Big decrease in minority unemployment. I think that went down like a whole percent. Mm-hmm. So... You know, everything that Jerome's talked about saying, oh, we're waiting for uh, you know, full employment, whether it's, I don't know, three and a half percent, you know, and, and um, you know, minority employment coming down, unemployment coming down. Mm-hmm. And it's, we're probably going to hit that in, in early 22. So now he has no more excuses. He kind of has to raise rates. And really, that just kind of gives him, uh, he, has, he runs out of justification for keeping rates this low, for keeping the balance sheet that high. And so that's that's punchable. That's really here. insightful mm-hmm. and feels right. The other, well, here, here's what I heard on real yield. 
is um, so you have you have this risk off move, flight to safety, ten year yield is now down to like one three five. So a dramatic move in the ten year always leads to negative price action. That's kind of like the new world we live in. If there's like a sharp a sharp change in the bond market, it leads to an equity sell off. And I was half paying attention, candidly, but part of it was the easy headline in Wall Street Journal is always like, Omicron is leading to the sell-off, which is never true, but it's like, what they were pointing out is the Omicron variant brings back the question of this persistent versus transitory inflation debate. What it could tell you is that you will have these periodic supply shocks so that it will be this like ongoing unresolved issue with with no near medium term end in sight was was one of the points made i don't know then you have uh the jobs report factor but also there's buzz around uh growth next year generally is not going to be good and there's the shorthand of the bond market yield is inflation plus growth blah 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 I'm saying a bunch of different things, but if you really boil it down, it's kind of like the bond market doesn't know exactly how to price next year is kind of what it feels like because of the weirdness. Like there's a fiscal cliff from this year going into next year. There's periodic supply shocks. Again, it's just a generalized uncertainty around all this. Yeah. And and one other thing to add is, is China and is the, um, all the, the real estate crashing and there's contagion there possible contagion so if you have maybe an inflationary environment with omicron all the starts and stops with the supply chain and with having to raise rates um, if you're at full employment and then less liquidity now you have you know possible financial crisis dominoes falling contagion with with china and when we have enough bullets to fight it with you know all these things kind of come together and 22 it looks a little scarier than we thought a yeah. couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other thing is, uh, so like I said, you, you have like, uh, China is not looking good, like the China growth mm-hmm. prospects, and that would be kind of like the upstream growth uh, is like a, called a canary for global growth. Not looking good. You have the fiscal cliff this year. Um, but at the same time, can jerry ever and like your point about the the jobs report signaling that like faster tapering or raising rates has to be in play others have made this point that i'm plagiarizing but in our regime that we live in the current western central bank regime is it not impossible to ever raise rates again because we're in the debt super cycle like there's too much debt everywhere that raising rates by any amount would mm. crash the system. Therefore, uh, again, the, the Fed is paralyzed because if they raise rates to uh, address inflation, they trigger a massive implosion because we're in a debt super cycle. And if they, if they reduce tapering too fast, that leads to a sell-off, which leads to a counter-intervention, right? So they're in a sort of Damocles situation. 
yeah, you can't, you really can't raise rates, um, at least at the same speed that you would have in the 90s, let's say, where it was you know, 50 basis points, 25 basis points, you know, you do like that every month, you know, we might just cap out at like, let's say, I don't know, half a percent mm-hmm. for short term for the, for, the, for the policy rate, I mean, at most, because you really can't risk it because there's too much debt sloshing around and any sort of slight raise in rates really there's there's a lot of sensitivity around that i mean you still have like razor thin yields for the or um spreads for like corporate debt triple c debt junk debt we kind of talked about that a while back but that's still there so you really can't do that much in, in the rate in the rate market so you're just you're kind of stuck so then so now we're the other thing that was said on really is i think the idea well everyone knows that real yields on bonds are negative that's like well known but i think now this narrative which is just what we say we definitely agree is true of uh currency debasement and money printing are such that holding bonds or having your fiat money as we like to do (laughs) i mean your fiat currency in a conventional savings account or a bonds is is a trash move, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, even putting your money in the S and P is basically like just keeping up with the money supply. Therefore, uh, if you want real yield, you have to veer into crypto. That last part, no one's saying, but the first part is starting to creep into the conventional wisdom. It wasn't really one of the guys saying that like I worked in London 20 years ago and this happened where like basically like we were in a regime where real yields were negative and we should have realized that this is happening now in the United States. So point being that uh, like the only, the only index that's going to outperform the increase in the money supply in equities is the NASDAQ. And if you look at the trade patterns, like the heavily like front-loaded NASDAQ, again, it's in like a predictable trading pattern. And what I realized this week, or have been realizing over the last couple of weeks, is this exponential age stuff, crypto, uh, it's the same as the genomic ArcG stuff. It's like ArcG or... Archie is a little more troubling, but any of the, the names mastheaded under it, uh, Invite or what are some of the other ones? CRISPR. Yeah. Uh, any, any company with therapeutics in the name, whether they actually do gene editing or not. <laughs> Teladoc. Teladoc's mm-hmm. another one. That in the world of equities, they, they're like a, they're a crypto style bet. Like if you're going to put your money in it, like you might lose it all in effect. And it, but it might be the next thing, but, so it's like position yeah. size accordingly. I feel that like Bitcoin, Ethereum, which is are just a lot safer. I think they're like a sure deal. I mean, they're almost like blue chips, right? <laughs> At this point. Yeah. 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 We're, we're actually like, you're farther out on the risk curve, which you know, <laughs> it's like the same as being yeah. in uh, and being in, let's just say like avalanche or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause these, these are other platforms that you're, they're just starting and then they haven't really been around for a long time, but. They got a bunch of programmers and some good ideas. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's pretty pretty much similar. You're you're betting on you know some of these altcoins are just straight speculative stocks. They're they're kind of set up the same way, and you're you know you can put your bet in Ethereum, Bitcoin as the blue chips, and then these up and coming stocks just to kind of yeah diversify. Yeah, it does, all this makes as we said all the all this yeah. makes like investing in stocks feel like a waste of time. Yeah, and thank God for crypto, or else we'll be in trouble with this year. This year has been a bust for for you know the the DP and you know. Yeah, like the the idea that yeah starting the year like big narrative at the beginning of the year was. Well, I would say, like, if you're in ARC, that was just, like, a momentum trade, right? It was mm-hmm. ripping coming out of the end of last year. And, like, in January, we were, like, we are the gods of the, glo- the gods of Mordor. And <laughs> the other one was uh, all, the, all the emerging market equities are underpriced, which has been a terrible trade, too. And I, it's, it's, you get to the point now where it's, like, in this regime – well, one, like Bitcoin, some have made this argument before, Bitcoin is like, it's actually, a, you could argue it's a safer emerging market bet because like uh, countries with the highest utility for Bitcoin are like Venezuela and Afghanistan, right? Not, not that you would invest in their stock markets, I want to say, <laughs> but like, yeah, that like the only strategy that works over time is uh picking like the high technology names and just like Mm -hmm. the only way to beat the S and P overall is to Mm -hmm. take long chances on these like speculative ideas of like five, 10 years ago, it would have been Tesla. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, With the benefit of hindsight, it's like, obviously that that was a screaming home run but there was a time whenever we were talking about in 2015 where it was like is tesla going to have to shutter because they're committing accounting fraud <laughs> so like there were those days but um yeah what i'm saying is tough week at this point we're gonna hang on to the genomic stuff because it's it's an asymmetric bet that's all yeah there's nothing else we can do. We're already, I'm now even like lower, getting close to my cost basis. Yeah, from from last year, so it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's like okay, there's all those you know, year and a half of gains. Yeah, it's fun. But mm-hmm. devil, devil's uh, counter. Uh, I I can't talk. Counter argument. Uh, playing devil's advocate is what I'm trying to say. That you would have you would have lived through a point like that if you had bought Amazon in the early 2000s. In fact, you'd probably be down, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember laughing at all those fools. You know, it was like, of course, at, Amazon's got you know no no earnings and it's the negative P. <laughs> like you know, P didn't matter, and that was like how I thought you know two thousand. But mm-hmm. yeah. anyway, yeah, there's uh, some turbulence. Uh, I, what I'm now looking to do because it's like rightly or wrongly like. What do I view as the safe havens? Again, the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you want to do like a basket of like the biggest names or use a fund like QQQ or QQM. Mm-hmm. And then all, the, the only conviction I have in crypto about a single name 
is it does like we've talked about it does seem logical that bitcoin like table stakes is replacing gold that it will mm. displace gold as the store of value it makes sense like gold was a made up store of value because it was shiny and had like historical resonance mm. and just taking that and putting it into a digital framework is what bitcoin is doing like that feels like that's like when we're old old as hell it's just going to be like they're reporting on bitcoin as like the gold commodity on bloomberg and no one's even going to think about gold yeah and you can trade it and you know, you're, yeah, you're, you can use it to transact and buy shit as opposed to melting it down and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So. so yeah the the bright side is it looks like the nasdaq is getting oversold so if you want to feather in any fiat money you have left that is appreciating at whatever 11 percent a year as fast as the money supply eh, that's what i'm looking to do in the near term all right yeah i'm just hoping that that i don't even know what, what it will look like if a, the balance sheet even went down to seven trillion from like it's like eight and a half trillion i mean i don't think they can do it man that. they can't they can't do it yeah it's it'd be too rough no so, so. Yeah. There it is. All right, man. Stay strong. <laughs>